0: The news is just guesswork now. A New York Times story pinning an assassination on Ukraine was a blockbuster. But why was it made public? How news in the information warfare age has become incomprehensible. On Wednesday, October 5th, the New York Times published a blockbuster story. U.S. believes Ukrainians were behind an assassination in Russia, citing American officials in claiming United States intelligence agencies now believe parts of the Ukrainian government were responsible for the car bomb assassination of Russian nationalist Daria Dugina on August 19th. The paper wrote, The United States took no part in the attack, either by providing intelligence or other assistance, officials said. American officials also said they were not aware of the operation ahead of time and would have opposed the killing had they been consulted. Afterward, American officials admonished Ukrainian officials over the assassination, they said. The article is a Rubik's cube whose stickers have been switched all over, leaving no possible solution. Turn it over as much as you like. You won't figure out what you're reading. The news is clearly the fact the article was even published. Someone in the U.S. government took an extraordinary step of outing our intelligence agency's supposed belief that Ukraine was involved in the bombing. Writers Julian E. Barnes, Adam Goldman, Adam Intis, and Michael Schwartz do at one point address this saying countries traditionally do not discuss other nations' covert actions. But in this case, some American officials believe it is critical to curb what they see as dangerous adventurism, particularly political assassinations. All this info was ascribed to a closely held assessment of Ukrainian complicity, also referred to throughout as an American intelligence assessment, which was shared within the U.S. government last week. Who wrote the assessment? What office? The piece doesn't say, but does add toward the bottom, that officials from the State Department, National Security Council, Pentagon, and CIA declined to comment on the intelligence assessment. Reading the news since the invasion has become a kaleidoscopic guessing game. There are just too many factors warping the informational landscape now to make sense of anything. Aggressive content moderation and self-censorship mean you won't see a skeptical point of view in many, if not most, news reports. The blurring of lines between private press and officialdom more on that in a moment, means you almost never know if you're reading something leaked intentionally or accidentally. Finally, the U.S. has been boasting for seven months now about its use of media as a war weapon, deploying special tiger teams of national security officials who leak intelligence for strategic reasons. In those cases, leaders in Russia or China or Syria or wherever rather than the ostensible readership might be a newspaper's real target audience. It's what we used to call, when the Russians did it, information warfare," former CIA officer John Cipher clucked proudly in The Guardian before the invasion. In the extant New York Times piece, you don't know if you're reading a piece of news leaked by someone in the White House in defiance of the intelligence officials who wrote the assessment, or if it was leaked by someone in the intelligence services in defiance of the White House. It also could be a unified front of officials who brought the story to the Times to send a message to Ukraine. Russia, or both. It could be the U.S. government expressing general displeasure, both with whichever of the competing power centers within the Ukrainian government was responsible for the assassination and with whatever parts of the Ukrainian government may not have been aware of the plot. Along with the strings of phrases about how the U.S. wasn't happy about Ukraine's aggressive covert operations, took no part, would have opposed, had they been consulted, admonished, etc came a passage promising that despite this, there have been no known changes in the provision of intelligence, military, and diplomatic support to Mr. Zelensky's government. Taken altogether, you can read this as a thinly-veiled hint, as in, hey, stop whacking people outside Ukraine, or we'll cut off all the javelins. That makes some sense, but then you're right back to the first and most glaring fact of the article. You can threaten Zelensky with the yanking of weapon shipments all you want, In private, why do so publicly while also announcing to the world that Ukraine engaged in cross border assassination? The State Department just last year sanctioned Russia for its operation to assassinate or surveil Alexei Navalny. We also expelled 60 Russian diplomats in 2018 after an ostensible poisoning involving ex spy Sergei Skripal in England. Obviously, this is not the same situation. But you're exposing Ukraine to a variety of accusations by declaring them guilty of the Dugina blast. Is the point here to let the Russians know that anyone can be reached? I'm pretty sure they already know that. I guarantee that. Thanks for listening to the free version of this article. To hear the full version and for more articles and content, please subscribe at taibi.substack.com.